believe in miracles? Even in today's modern world of science and technology? Well, to answer that, we need to know what a miracle is as well as what a miracle is not. How do we evaluate miracle claims? How do we know whether it's from God or just a magician's trick? Or worse, what if it's from a deceptive spiritual force like some people think? Today, you'll get some evidence and answers on this much debated question. Welcome to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zukerin. Dr. Zukerin is an author, speaker, and scholar who specializes in world religions, Christian apologetics, and cultural issues of concern to all of us. Check out our website for years of collected resources on everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism at evidenceandanswers.org. You can download radio shows on a multitude of topics featuring interviews with leading authorities, Pat's articles and books, and information on how you can get involved with Evidence and Answers. Bookmark us and visit often. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now let's go to Pat Zucharin with part two of his discussion, Can We Believe in Miracles? What exactly is a miracle? C.S. Lewis provides us with one of the best definitions in his book, Miracles. He defines miracles as an interference with nature by a supernatural power. In his book, All the Miracles of the Bible, New Testament scholar Herbert Lockyer said that a miracle is some extraordinary work of deity transcending the ordinary powers of nature and wrought in connection with the ends of revelation. All right, so let's break down these definitions here. Miracles, then, are supernatural. They are the work of a divine being. They would not have occurred without divine intervention. Secondly, they transcend or override natural law. Natural law is how God works regularly. He has put laws in place, such as gravity and time, and that's how God usually works. Well, miracles transcend natural law. And third, miracles are a part of God's means of revealing His nature and His purpose to us. Now, in the New Testament, there are three words used for miracles that kind of describe the character of miracles. The first word we find is the word signs, or the Greek word there is semeon. This word denotes the purpose of miracles. It refers to an unusual occurrence transcending the common course of nature. They're communicating something very important. That's a sign. Signs are temporary and give a specific message. In other words, once the sign is given, there's no need for it to continue on. For example, when you come to a stop sign, once you see the sign and the message is given, the sign does not continue to follow you down the street. The next word there is wonders. This points to the nature of miracles. This refers to something out of the ordinary, causing the beholder to marvel. So wonders catch your attention and cause you to realize something special is going on here. You better pay attention. Third, the word here is powers. The Greek word here is dunamis, which refers to the source of miracles. This refers to the ability to produce a strong effect, the source that produces the miracles. Therefore, to sum up the word studies here, these words describe the character of biblical miracles. First, miracles are an exception to the ordinary course of events in nature. They're supernatural events. Third, miracles are an act of God and have the fingerprint of God all over them. Examples of miracles are uh, God raising the dead, power over nature, power over all kinds of disease demonstrated by instantaneous healings. Healings not coming over months and years, but instantaneous healings. Miracles then are supernatural. They interrupt the normal course of events and they are not repeatable.
Now I was speaking to a group on miracles, and they disagreed with me on my definition. In fact, the lady in the group said, you know, I see a miracle every day. A sunset is a miracle. The birth of a child is a miracle. I see God's miracles every day. Well, I agree that sunsets and the birth of a child is a wonderful thing, but these are not miracles. These are examples of God working through His natural laws which He set in place. They are not miracles because they are common occurrences and they will be repeated each day. Miracles are an exception to the natural law. They interrupt natural law. They are not repeated events. Okay? For an example, the sun standing still in Joshua 10 or the parting of the Red Sea. These go against the natural order of nature. So, miracles are an exception to the ordinary course of events in nature. Second, they are supernatural events. Third, miracles are an act of God and have the fingerprints of God all over them. Fourth, miracles have a moral dimension. They confirm truth, not error. See, God does not associate His miracles with what is false. Where you find false teachings, Beware of the supposed miracle accounts that surround them. In Deuteronomy and in Matthew 24, the prophet and Christ warns that false teachers can perform powerful feats to lead you into false teachings. So these are the characters of miracles, and it's important to understand what miracles are, but also what they are not. See, miracles are not simply what cannot be explained or anomalies. For example, many thought eclipses were miracles, but there's a natural explanation for them. And in fact, they're actually regular or repeatable. We, we can predict when the next one's going to occur. So eclipses, although they are rare, they are repeated in the course of time and often predictable. Second, miracles are not natural coincidences. Sometimes the intersection of natural forces produces some unusual effects. For example, in a Midwest town, they experienced fish raining from the skies. Well, what happened was a tornado traversed over the lake, sucking up the fish, and when it ran out of steam, it dumped the fish on the town that uh, it was about to hover over. Third, miracles are not statistical oddities. Many unusual events are statistical oddities. For example, the chance of winning the lottery is very unlikely but it does happen. So this is not a miracle, it's a statistical oddity. Alright, now this is the definition and character of biblical miracles. Next we need to understand what is the purpose of miracles? Well the purpose of miracles as revealed in the Old and New Testament, miracles confirm God's message and His messenger. Where you see genuine miracles at work, there you know God is at work. Where there are supernatural events, the supernatural is communicating to us. Right? For example, in John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and said to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus made the connection there. He recognized that where there are miracles, God is at work. God is giving us a sign here or a message. Remember now, there are three worldviews. All three cannot be true at the same time, and as we studied, evidence indicates that we live in a theistic universe. Therefore, the worldviews of naturalism and pantheism cannot be true. We're left with three theistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. All three affirm that God confirms His message and messenger with miracles. And of the three, only Christianity is confirmed with miracles. In fact, what's interesting is that even in the Quran, 
the Holy Book of Islam, the Quran affirms the miracles of Christ. For example, in Surah chapter 4, verses 63 to 65, states that God's power is manifest through the miraculous works of the prophets. Now, Muhammad is repeatedly asked by the people to perform a miracle that they may know he is a prophet. Yet his only miracle claim is the Quran. All he does is point to the Quran in chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 6, and others. That's his only miracle claim. Muhammad states that miracles do indeed confirm a prophet. Chapter 7 of the Quran, chapter 23 of the Quran, and others, he states so. And the Quran states that Jesus did miracles. What's interesting is that the Quran affirms that Jesus was miraculously born of a virgin, that he did great miracles. What's the difference between true and false miracles? Well, first, biblical miracles are superior and they are unique. Biblical miracles are supernatural, not simply supernormal. Right? For example, there's a big difference between a man walking on coals, which many can do through strict practice and discipline. There's a difference between walking on coals and walking on water, as Jesus did. Hey, there's a big difference between healing a headache and raising someone from the dead or instantly healing someone from an incurable disease like leprosy. Second, biblical miracles are connected with God and His truth. God will not associate His miracles with teaching that is false. One of the first areas we need to look at is the difference between miracles versus psychic prophecies. Okay? There's a major difference between biblical prophecies and the prophecies made by psychics here. Major difference is that biblical prophecies are 100% accurate while psychics are often wrong. Biblical prophecies are precise while psychic predictions are very vague. Biblical prophecies are connected with God's truth while psychics are connected with error. And finally, Biblical prophets do not use occult methods while psychics use occult methods. Psychics use occult objects to see the future. They often need to go into some kind of alternative state of consciousness while biblical prophets remain fully conscious even in, in dreams or seeing visions. Psychics often call on foreign spirits to control their mind and their activity. Let me give you an example here. Uh, one of the most celebrated psychics in America was a woman named Jean Dixon. She became famous because she supposedly predicted the assassination of John F. Kennedy. However, she has made numerous erroneous predictions. Uh, she predicted Russia would be the first nation with men on the moon. She predicted World War III would begin in 1954. The Vietnam War would end in '66. In 68, she predicted Jacqueline Kennedy would not remarry and that Fidel Castro would be overthrown in 1970. In fact, the People's Almanac in 1975 studied 25 psychics and discovered 92% of their predictions were indeed wrong. And biblical prophecies are 100% accurate. That's the test between a true prophet and a false prophet. Deuteronomy chapter 18. So there's a difference between biblical prophecies and psychic prophecies. Let's look at the difference between miracles and magic. Magic refers to the art of deception. There are clear differences between miracles and magic. Miracles are under God's control, while magic is under the magician's control. Second, miracles cannot be repeated at will. 
while magic tricks are naturally repeatable. Third, miracles occur in the real world. In magic, the environment must be controlled and it takes place in the mind because deception is occurring here. The hand is faster than the eye. Fourth, miracles do not involve deception while magic, that's what it's all about. Now, magicians can appear to do powerful things. For example, in the book of Exodus, Pharaoh's magicians mimic God's miracles. There have been magicians who have fooled even scientists and professors. In fact, my professor uh, gives an instant where he was fooled by a man who is believed to have only one eye. Uh, this man put a patch on his eye and he'd be going around to different churches and he would cover his good eye with a patch and then uh, with his glass eye he'd be reading the text uh, verses of the Bible and many thought that indeed a miracle had occurred and he fooled a whole lot of people even scientists however uh, one day a magician was watching him and discovered how he pulled off this trick what the man would do is that he placed he had space between his patch and his good eye. You know, the patch that he placed over his good eye. There was space there, and there was a mirror inside of that patch. And so what the man would do is he'd put on the patch, and the mirror would reflect the words of the verses in the Bible, and he'd be reading them off the mirror inside the patch of his good eye. Right? A magician caught that, but he had scientists, doctors, uh, and even my professor completely fooled. Many, you know, quote, faith healers, those that you see on TV, use magician tricks in their so-called healings. And several of them were indeed caught. You know, one of the most famous we know is Peter Popoff, who would collect information from the audience uh, his people would collect information of people in the audience and then during the crusade his wife would radio in information on particular people and he'd just go up to them and say you know Jane you're from Michigan and you're here tonight because you you've got a bad leg you know and Jane just be like, how'd you know you know and he'd say well God told me you know, and he had a lot of people fooled. Well, James Randi, a expert magician, was watching Peter Popoff at one of his crusades and noticed that Peter Popoff was wearing a hearing aid. So he was wondering, why does a faith healer need to wear a hearing aid? So he came back the next night of that crusade with a, a recorder that picked up radio signals in the air. And he had it on and he recorded Peter Popoff's wife radioing in information to Peter Popoff and he ended up playing that on Johnny Carson much to the embarrassment of uh, Peter Popoff right? but he had a lot of people fooled and there are quote faith healers still using magicians tricks today so there's a difference between true miracles and magic now let's look at the difference between God's miracles and satanic miracles Satan's miracles are indeed counterfeit miracles. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9 states the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power 
and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Satan can appear to do miracles because Satan is a super scientist. He understands the natural world. He can utilize natural forces to his ends. He's a super magician who can deceive. Satan's miracles are designed to lead people away from the truth, Matthew chapter 24. However, there's a difference. There's one at one point where uh, Satan cannot counterfeit God's miracles and Satan cannot create life nor can he raise from the dead. We see in Exodus chapter 8 verse 19 when it came to mimicking Moses' miracles, the magicians of Egypt were able to do so, except Exodus 8 verse 19, the plague of gnats, when Moses brought life from the dirt and they became gnats, the magicians could not copy it. So when God created life from the dirt, the magicians could not meet that miracle and they had to admit you know, this is indeed the finger of God. Now, we have a question here. Uh, Revelation chapter 13. All right, so let's turn there. Revelation chapter 13. Many of you are familiar with Tim LaHaye's novel, Left Behind. Great novel. Tim LaHaye is a good writer, fairly good theologian. Now, in this passage here, in Revelation 13... Verse 12, it says that, then I, well, verse 11, Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all authority of the first beast in its presence, and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast. It deceives those who dwell upon the earth. Alright, the question there is, uh, does Satan raise the beast, the Antichrist, from the dead? It says there in verse 12, whose mortal wound was healed. Now in Tim LaHaye's novel, he has the resurrection of the Antichrist. Tim LaHaye writes that the Antichrist resurrects from the dead. Well, wait a minute. I thought this is supposed to be unique to God. Uh, and if indeed we have a resurrection here, that would pose a problem, wouldn't it? You know, in my doctoral exam, my oral exam, I was asked by my professors, you know, Dr. Geisler, asked me about this in Tim LaHaye's novel. He said, well, Tim LaHaye says the man resurrected from the dead. Do you agree with that? And I looked and I said, well, Tim LaHaye knows a lot more than I do. And he said, well, you better comment on it because, you know, we're grading you on this. So I said, oh, okay. I said, well, I'd have to disagree because it doesn't say that uh, the beast died. It says he recovered from, verse 12, a mortal wound. So it's not a resurrection there. Satan heals this man from God. So the ability to give life and resurrect the dead remains unique to God. This is not a resurrection here. If it were, it would indeed pose a problem. But if you read the text carefully, uh, it doesn't say that the Antichrist was killed. He just received a mortal wound. He was healed from a very serious wound. 
So there's a difference between God's miracles and satanic miracles. Finally, let's look at supernatural versus psychological healings. Supernatural healing does not require great faith, while psychological healings require great faith. In the Gospels, there are 35 miraculous healings recorded, and of these, the recipient is mentioned only to have faith 10 times. There are several times faith is not apparent. For example, the raising of Jairus' daughter from the dead. The people were already mourning, and when Jesus says the child is asleep, they mocked Jesus. Mark chapter 9, uh, Jesus healing the demon-possessed boy, the father is actually rebuked for his lack of faith. In Luke 7, when Jesus raises the widow's son, there's very little evidence that the people had great faith that Jesus could do it. In raising Lazarus from the dead, John chapter 11, there's very little evidence that Mary and Martha had great faith that Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, they said, yes, we know that in the last day they will see him again. So they, were, they, they weren't thinking that Christ was going to raise him physically from the dead right then and there. So God can heal with great faith. God can heal if a person has very little or no faith. God is not restricted by our faith, but according to His will. Second, supernatural healings do not require physical contact, while psychological healings require physical contact. And on several occasions, Christ had no physical contact with the person He healed. For example, in John chapter 4, when He healed that official son, Christ said, Go, your son is healed. And the servant went on his way, uh, the man went on his way, and when he got home, he discovered his son had been healed. At the time, Jesus said he would be healed. Third, supernatural healings are always successful, while psychological healings are not always successful. Often, when they are not successful, it is said it's because the person did not have enough faith. Well, remember, God can heal someone with great faith. God can also heal someone with very little faith. God is not limited by the amount of faith we had. He accomplishes what he intends to accomplish because he is sovereign. And when he gives his word, he will accomplish it. Fourth, supernatural healings have no relapses, while psychological healings often have relapses. Supernatural healings cure all kinds of diseases, even terminal diseases, while psychological healings is uh, not over all diseases. You don't see leprosy cured instantly in psychological healings or people lame from birth suddenly walking. Finally, supernatural healings are immediate while psychological healings take, uh, you know, occur over an extensive amount of time, you know, days, weeks, sometimes months, years. But you look in the Bible, when God healed people, when Christ and the apostles healed people, they healed them instantly. People lame from birth, suddenly walking. People with leprosy and terminal diseases being suddenly healed instantly. It's important that we have a clear understanding of miracles. We don't want to claim something as a miracle too quickly because if they're not a genuine miracle and, and we're touting them as miracles and someone finds a naturalistic explanation, then our testimony is hurt. So we want to know the difference between a genuine miracle and a counterfeit miracle, between a, what's truly supernatural and what's simply psychological, what's really supernatural versus what is magic. Right? We don't want to get fooled 
by labeling something a miracle too quickly. So I hope this gives you a better understanding of the purpose of miracles, the definition of miracles, and how to distinguish true miracles from false miracles. And miracles are God's way to confirm His message and His messenger. And miracles are a very vital part of confirming our Christian faith. When we're looking at our faith, what confirms our faith to be true over other religions, often we point to miracles, because miracles confirm God's message and His messenger. So, can we believe in miracles? Well, if God exists, miracles are possible. In fact, they're more than possible, they're actual, the greatest has already occurred. So do we have to jettison our brain to believe in miracles? Nope. It's reasonable. If there is a supernatural God, there can be supernatural acts of God. So yes, we can believe in miracles. Our time is up today on Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. We appreciate you spending some time with us, and you can get more at our website, evidenceandanswers.org. There are so many topics and resources there. We know you'll find something important to you, and we hope to answer the most difficult questions that we all ask about God, the person of Jesus Christ, world religions, spiritual issues, cultural trends, and more all in light of biblical evaluation. We're asking you to engage your mind and know why you believe what you believe. And we believe that persons who honestly consider the claims of Christ and examine the evidence supporting those claims will become followers of Christ. Let us know if we can help. And finally, because we raise our own support, we invite you to support us financially. Your stewardship and giving helps keep evidence and answers on this station. So please let us hear from you today. Just click the donate button at evidenceandanswers.org. Thanks for being here. And